0: and welcome to the podcast ministry of New Life Church in Springfield, Ohio. We hope that the transformative truths of God's Word impact, challenge, and bless you. We're going to go to uh, the book of Acts. The book of Acts, in the Word of God, Acts chapter 16. And l- let me uh, let me just do a little refresher real quick. And I, this, like, I'm going to uh, to bring this down, you know, and make it you know, as short and sweet as I possibly can. And uh, so, um, the book of uh, very funny. We got some jokers up here. I said it was going to be short, and the, yeah. Well, I mean, now you're going to get me off on another tangent, so that's going to be another four minutes. You just charged. So anyway, uh, Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. The book of Acts, you know, everybody know why it's called the book of Acts? It's the acts of the apostles, the things that they did once they got the power of the Holy Spirit, once Jesus had come back from the dead, had, you know, gone to the cross, come, come out of the grave, and now had, you know, changed the world forever. Now um, the apostles had been filled with the Holy Spirit and power in Jerusalem, and so now what did they do with it? What are the acts of New Life Church, you know, from whenever, what are, what are the acts of Jessica? What are the acts of Stephanie? What are the acts of of Daniel, that's because those, that part of your life is where, where you go forward in God after you get saved, after you get filled with the power of His Spirit. And so that's what the book of Acts means. Um, we're jumping in into Acts 16. Paul is now, you know, he's, he's saved, he's consecrated, he's now a missionary. Verse 1, uh, Then Paul came to Derbe and Lystra, and, behold, a certain disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman who believed. But his father was Greek. He was well spoken by the brother, uh, of by the brethren who were at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted to have him go on with him. So Paul says, you know, this guy is really awesome. He'll be a great uh, ministry partner. He'll be somebody who would add a lot to the ministry, to the team. And so he wanted to, uh, to, to bring him on board, onto the missionary team there. And he took him and circumcised him because the, of the Jews that were in that reason, for they all knew that his father was Greek. And they went through the cities and they delivered uh, to them the decrees to keep and were determined by the apostles and the elders at Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and increased in number daily. Verse 6 kind of changes from the, uh, you know, from the story of Timothy. It goes to a, a different story. The Macedonian call is what this story is called. Now, when they had gone to uh, Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit. Um, let me slow it down again. Now, they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia. They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. That doesn't make a ton of sense. You know, it's always God's will to preach the word, you know, to everybody. You know, to, 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 you know that's what we do. That's what Jesus was all about, you know, spreading the gospel. That's what all the missionary journeys are about. But the Holy Spirit forbid it. And then after they had come to Messiah, they tried to go to Bithynia, and the Spirit did not permit them. So, again actually doesn't you know disallows them from going and doing his work doing the work of preaching and ministering but the spirit did not permit them so passing by messiah they came down to troas and a vision appeared to paul in the night so you know he's having he's he's gone to bed he's asleep and he has this vision uh, from the lord and the vision appeared to paul and a man of macedonia stood and pled with him saying come over to macedonia and help us now after he had seen the vision immediately uh, we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Now, um, let's just bow our heads and pray over the reading of his word. Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much um, for the reading of your word, God. Every part of it is so vital and important, and uh, we, uh, we, we need to not neglect any of it. So we thank you for the leading of your Holy Spirit. Teach us something tonight a little bit in, uh, you know, in the lesson where I originally started and then where we ended up, because uh, we encompassed uh, the story of Timothy in the passage here. And I don't, I'm not going to do something very fancy. It's going to be a terrible drawing, so don't get excited. It's not going to be really impressive. But um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the story, because we read two stories in Acts 16, and they are the story of um, kind of the commissioning, uh, you know, and the calling out of Timothy. And then uh, the story ends up being, where are we going to go, you know, on to do God's will? What are we going to uh, we we want to go to Asia because that's where we, we need to go. You know they they need you know it's it's ripe it's right there it's to the east. You know it's a ripe harvest field and we want to minister there. Uh, but God had other plans. So I'm going to draw um, a three year old version of Asia Minor. It's, it will be so inaccurate that it'll, like if you actually know what it looks like it'll make you squirm, but get over it. It'll be fine. So. Mm-hmm. There is not a very accurate Asia Minor, but it'll be all right. So this little connected part here, little finger there, and then here to Greece. So anyway, and this is all, it's not terrible, okay? (laughs) So that's Greece, yeah. yeah. It's only good if you, yeah. Yeah, I mean, hey, whatever. You all, don't look at it on your phones. Stop it. You already did? Man, Johnny, they're hard on me. It, it's not terrible, okay? So that's a, but we, I just wanted us to understand a little bit of the trajectory of the ministry and what I'm talking about. Because sometimes, you know, we leave it in the Bible and it's almost like ethereal. and We don't really, you know, understand that this is a long, you know, trek and, uh, and what happens. So um, the, some, some of the areas that, uh, you know, that are painted out here. Paul's missionary journey. Okay, so. Uh, down here, let's say this is Damascus, and I believe Damascus is where Paul was going to persecute uh, the believers whenever he got saved in the first place. And the, the story of Paul is that uh, he's, he's a Pharisee, like he's a religious person, he hates all Christians, and so he goes out, you know, to, and he's going to this big city where there's just, right, there's a bunch of Christians that I can persecute and throw in jail and be mean to, and so he goes, uh, he's on his, you know, his donkey or his horse, and he's riding there, and there's a huge bright light that explodes, and he hears the voice of the Lord saying, Paul... Or Saul, rather, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Don't you know it's hard for you to kick against the goads? Which means, you know, you would use an ox goad to, you know, to make the ox go. And that's what Jesus was trying to use him and tether his life for. And so he said, you're kicking against my will, and it's hard for you. Like, this is not going to be easy for you to be saved. Gets his eyesight back and gets his commission to go and be a, a man of God and a missionary. So Jerusalem is all the way down here which is where most of, most Bible things happen, you know, this general area. But up in here is Damascus. And so um, Paul, a lot of his, some of his missionary journeys at least go overland like this and into Greece. You know, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Colossians, Ephesians. These are all cities uh, in Greece and Asia Minor, and that's the area um, that I have. So beaut- beaut- beatifically beat- drawn for you um, Today, But there's, there's something important, just a small lesson. Number one, I wanted you to understand where it was. Uh, number two, there's actually something, uh, something important there. So I'm going to do this part um, first. There's, this is a powerful scripture, this passage of scripture, where God is saying, don't go there. And the lesson that I would give you from this is that uh, yeah, I couldn't come up with a more for sure good thing than... Uh, Preaching the gospel, than, than actually going out and being a Christian and ministering to people, and uh, you know that that's for sure. That's the right thing to do. You know we need to do that. That's but sometimes we need to uh, create elbow room a little bit for to hear God's voice because uh, oftentimes the. Uh, The enemy of God's will for your life is something good, not something bad. In our mind, like, what keeps you from doing the right thing that really God has for you? We're like, well, drugs, you know, or, you know, something terrible, something, you know, know, just uh, alcohol addiction or problems or this, this is. Well, a lot of times the real enemy is a life that's pretty good. You know, it's a lot easier to, to just kind of slide through on a life that's comfortable um, it, rather than something that's extremely wrong. So uh, for, for Paul, he has to learn an important lesson, which is that uh, I can't do God's will my way. And we need to learn that. I think you know, as people, as a church, like I, I can't just do, uh, e- even though it's a good idea, even though it's a good thing, I can't do God's will. And this is what it looked like. He wanted to go um, to this uh, province here uh, called Bithynia. And all throughout here, you know, just all of Asia is kind of open to him. You can go up here and, you know, China is there and Russia is there. There's all kinds of, you know, ripe harvest fields, you know, for him to minister to. Like, you know, that, that would be great. Um, and then he ends up going to Troas, which is right there. Um, and, and he has to wait on the voice of God. And then eventually he learns the lesson. This is so intuitive, but I, I felt like it would, it would be good to just do some very basic teaching about the Apostle Paul and, so, and familiarize ourselves with this passage of Scripture, too. And whenever he gets there, um, he hears something from God. He receives this vision of a man uh, in, from Macedonia. We, 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 need, we need to hear from God, and this vision, this is called the Macedonian call, and the Macedonian call is not so much just to give your life to, to, to doing God, God things and ministering, but the Macedonian call is more so um, to make sure you hear from God and that you understand that the perfect will of God is where God will bless that's where you need to be. That's the sweet spot. That, that's where miracles happen. Uh, in your version of the will of God, you're kind of on your own. And so let me leave you with this, that um, in your ministry, in your life, um, the greatest enemy to being who you're really, really called to be is not the worst version of you, but it's the okay version of you. And, and so uh, God teaches him right now. He wants to go north and east. He ends up going west west. And I don't know what that could look like in your life. It could be that uh, that you've already made up your mind. A lot of here, I'll say this because I have nobody who really fits the bill in this church right now. A lot of people, you know, I don't make, a lot of people think that uh, you know whatever they enjoy is their calling. This is wrong. And I know you, that that well, God put this desire, uh, maybe or maybe it's just fun. You know. Um, you know, some, sometimes, you know, like, well, I know that's what you want to do, but that might not necessarily be uh, your, your gifting. That might not be, most importantly, where you're needed. You know what you're, and here's the real easy way. Um, do you know what God's biggest calling, his number one calling on my life is? To do what's needed. What's right in front of me. You know, so we, we have to be faithful in that and understand you know, that not always is God's calling what we most want to do. Sometimes it's just what's most needed, and we need to listen to the voice of God and, and be a little bit more flexible sometimes. God will give clear direction, uh, but we have to be willing to, uh, to do his version of his will, not our version of his will. Amen? Um, in the first part of the passage, though, this is, I'm already half done. Yeah, so, amen. Amen. No amens? Amen. I, I do want to hang out here a little bit and do some teaching, though. So uh, the first passage is whenever Timothy joins Paul and Silas, and uh, they they came from they came to Derby and Lystra, and behold, there was a there a man named Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman who believed, which means she was a Christian, she's a believer, um, but his father was Greek. And that doesn't mean, like, that we hate Greek people. Um, that just means that um, that was his uh, religion. Like, he was, he was what you know, would have been a pagan at that point. So um, the Jewish people, like, or his mother and grandmother, eh, I'm good, you know, just wanted to be pagan, wanted to, uh, had no interest in the things of God. But he was spoken of by the brethren who were at Lystra and Iconium, well spoken of. Paul wanted to have him go on with him. So he took him and circumcised him because the Jews who were in that region, for they all knew that his father was Greek. And they went through the cities, they delivered to them the decrees to keep which were determined by the apostles and elders at Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and increased in number daily, which means great revival, wonderful things happen. Um, But in this passage of Scripture, we see something really, really um, interesting. Um, We see this young man uh, called and commissioned uh, to be a, a man of God and to come with Paul you know, on a missionary journey. Um, The name Timothy, anyone know what the name Timothy means? Timothy is, is, um, Timotheus is Greek, and um, it means one who honors God. Some people translate it, you know, slightly different than that, which is one whom God honors, but uh, uh, the most direct um, that I could find was one who honors God. And, This is what that looked like. I would say a couple things about Timothy. Timothy came from, if not a broken home, um, we don't know for sure. We know that uh, at least it was spiritually, um, there was a level of spiritual blendedness. Not everybody in the home was Christian. And honestly, the the father, actually in this time and age, um, was not a Christian. He wasn't somebody who served God. So that was important to understand. He was already a respected member of the congregation of Lystra. And Paul saw in Timothy great potential for serving others. And I want to make it very clear what I believe that Paul saw in this young man. Um, he didn't see a necessarily a great preacher. Because the Bible doesn't say anything about him like at that point. He's a member of the congregation, but he's not really necessarily you know, the best preacher. He's not somebody who, can, who just stood up and was, was the leader of the congregation. Because there were leaders. And a lot of times whenever there's an interaction there, um, you know, there's a husband and wife duo in Corinth. Who are they? Who are they? Priscilla and Aquila, Priscilla and Aquila. Um, and so they were leaders in the church, like they were Im- important people. And there's lots of different ones um, you know, who were leaders. Um, Timothy wasn't necessarily even that. So he wasn't like you know, the, most form, you know, the foremost person to pick. He wasn't necessarily the first round draft pick. Um, he was certainly not you know, gonna be on Paul's traveling worship team. So he wasn't like the most gifted. You know, it wasn't, you know, that wasn't his thing either. But he saw something in this young man that he felt like would be an addition to the ministry and that would help him. And Paul was getting ready to go into some weird waters, okay? There was a lot of complexities in the places that he was going to go preach and go minister to, okay? So um, he's going to preach to the Jews. The Jew, go to the Jew first. A lot of other, you know, hang-ups, they, 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 they're very, you know, very sound in the doctrines and teachings of Moses and the Torah and the Tanakh. Like that, that's, you know, they're, they're very, you know, they're still living life according to the uh, you know the rules set down in the Pentateuch and Leviticus. So these are you know very very you know tough crowd. You know what I mean? There's a tough crowd. Like you know there's some people you know kind of like tonight, and uh, you know these people were just you know they were a tough crowd to preach to, and you honestly had to uh, you had to be really sacrificial to even effectively minister uh, to them. Paul was real set up for it because like he gives you a list like. This long says, I am, you know, I'm one of the, you know, the sect of the Pharisees, you know, circumcised on the eighth day just so and everything's right. You know, I studied at the best Bible school, you know, at the feet of Gamaliel and, you know, at the school of Hillel and, you know, which is the Harvard of, you know, old Jewish people. And so, you know, he had this huge list of things that he did all right. And so he was well set up. He wasn't. So Timothy has to has to make a decision here. What Paul saw in Timothy, this young guy is great potential for serving others, for loving others, sacrificial love. He knew that Timothy had a great testimony among the other brothers and sisters in the church there. And uh, so he actually, he gives him, you know, th- this is what happens. You know, We don't get to read, you know, uh, like, like Brother Parker was talking about. We didn't get to read like every, you know, detail. Everybody knows what that is. Everybody also knows that there's not a lot of real effective uh, uh, you know, medical procedure or, you know, or painkillers and that kind of stuff at this period. Um, and so that was a big deal. You know, it was actually a dangerous deal at that point in life. You know, it's, a, it's, it's problematic at one point, you know, since we're all adults here, uh, there's, a, there's a story in the Old Testament um, where that was how they killed every guy in the city. Um, they demanded as part of the ransom that all the men of the city had to be circumcised, and they were in such bad shape that there was zero resistance whenever they conquered them. So big deal big deal, and uh, honestly, he doesn't have to do this, because the Word of God, um, you know, has, has set them free from some of the, you know, the ceremonial constraints of the Old Testament, the ceremonial ones, not the moral ones, um, you know, we can preach, you know, and do a lot of, you know, teaching about that, they're, they're moral and ceremonial law, and we keep the moral one, the ceremonial one, um, like right now, I would be in trouble because I'm wearing cotton and linen together, so, but that's ceremonial, that's passed, um, the moral is not, so very, very important, um, thing happens here. He knows that Timothy does not have to be circumcised because we read about the story of Titus. Titus is another uh, young apostle, you know, this man in the ministry. And so Paul says, no, you're not going to get circumcised because it's just a bunch of you know, mean hypocrites that are trying to bring you down. That's not, that's not what's right for you. However, he goes to Timothy and decides that Timothy will be circumcised he, as an effective a minister as he could. And so there are certainly conversations that happen in the margin of these verses because he did not just grab Timothy and then go make that happen. You know, he did not just, you know, it wasn't just like lay hands on him and then force him to do that. There was a question, you know, is this worth it to you? You know, if you want to come with me, this is where we're going. And, you, and people know that you're Greek. And what we're going to do is if you will allow this part of your non-sinful flesh to be removed, um, then uh, you're going to be a whole lot more effective a minister to some of these people. That we're going to minister to. So this is really interesting because right now I will tightrope walk, um, you know, law and personal convictions and preferences and cultural norms, and you never tightrope walk it perfectly, you know. But at the same time, this is important. Uh, we all can learn that there are things that I can choose to do. I can choose to sacrifice. I can choose to set aside that make me more effective. Um, whenever we were in India, um, my sister Emily and I, um, whenever we walk on the streets, which in itself is a, it's a bear, because you, know, you never know what you're going to step in, and you, n- you never know you're going to get hit by. And you know, it's, uh, it, it, I can't remember how many millions of people, so many people. And uh, whenever we were there ministering, uh, because of the cultural norms there, et cetera, et cetera, uh, you wore a head wrap for the most part, half of them, yeah, in church, okay, and, you know, and, and uh, so they, they honored some of the cultural uh, differences and norms there because they wanted to be effective in their ministry, and that is exactly what Paul has commissioned Timothy to do here, so it's important that that's where your heart is. Now, Timothy didn't have to do that. He didn't have to, he wasn't forced, um, you know, to, to be circumcised because, like I said, if you read the story of Titus, Titus does not, but because Timothy wanted to go and minister more effectively, that's his decision. Paul, I, I would love to hear what this conversation sounded like. I think it would give a lot of uh, a lot of context, you know, to to me personally. You know, first of all, he was like, "Well, you know, I was thinking about you, Timothy, you coming with me and ministering and going there." Um, you know, we're going to go to some places where you're going to have to wear a suit on the platform and you know and that's you know you're going to wear a tie. You might go I've preached in places where I wasn't allowed to wear a tie because that's what they thought was the deal. And because I actually love Jesus more than I love my own stubborn self, I didn't have a problem with it. Amen. I Don't care. I don't care if somebody gets saved? Where's my heart at? Amen. Just like that. And I think he was being a little bit sassy, but uh, um he was, went, um, you know, and they, they didn't have the preachers for whatever reason. You know, they felt like, you know, you shouldn't wear a necktie. That was their, their deal. And uh, so he, walk, he wore his necktie into church. On the way up to the platform, he took it off shook hand with the pastor. And when he got off the platform, he put it back on right in the middle. And that guy respected it and said, well, I appreciate you, you know, just rolling with, you know, what are our, you know, custom, you know, our customs or our cultural norms? And I think his heart was right. So the conversation that Paul has to Timothy, he says, number one, you may pay with your life for this, okay? I think after the first part of the conversation here, um, it, the second part really, if you put it into context, uh, it's second's not a huge deal. Because he says, um, number one, I've been, um, Brother Parker ministered, and he was like, I've been beat half to death. There is not an unscarred part on my body because I have been tortured, I have been struck. Um, and and uh, Brother Parker said, you know, 39 times, you know, I, I've, I've you know, tasted the lash. And that's basically because under Roman law, a, a Roman citizen, say, if you're a citizen, you can't be hit 40 times. But buddy, they made that 39th one count. They beat this guy half to death within an inch of his life, within one stroke of the law, every time they could. They stoned him, which was, you know, they, they set him in, you know, and just threw rocks hoping to, to kill him to knock times. And so Paul is sitting there with this broken husk of a man. He's like, oh, you know, by the time it's over. And he says, you know, the health care package is not great <laughs> you know, for this job. This is, you know, you can tell, you can look at me like I am a very, very broken man. You know, there's no physical therapy back then. And he's in terrible shape. And so, like, when Timothy sees him, he's getting a real good picture of what life, you know, can, you know, the hazards of what life can look like. So that was probably the one that really set them apart. So if you're going to do that, you don't really care about much other stuff. But uh, the second one was uh, you got to leave home. you got to, you know, you're in a a nice little congregation here. You're with your family. You know, it's enjoyable. You know, you're loving life and, you know, everything's good. There's no persecution here because you're kind of far from Rome, uh, wherever all the haters are who are throwing people, you know, into the lion's den basically and, and crucifying. Like over here, you're not so bad. You're kind of good over here. Um, This is not where the action is, like you're safe. And so he had to decide leaving family, leaving home and comfort and safety. Is that worth it? And the last, he says, where we're going to minister, there are things about you that are not sinful, but will disadvantage your ministry. That's important. That can look so many different ways. I don't care what it is. God will speak to you, and you'll, you'll understand that you know, there, there are some things that you're going to do that are going to be a sacrificial people that God has put right in your crosshairs, have put you know, in, in your ministry. If a person cares about you know, the small exterior things, then uh, you know, in this context for, for him, like if he's so worried about circumcision that he's not willing to go, then that's a, that's a good choice because if you're not, you're probably not, and I quote, cut out for the ministry um, if you are... Going to worry about that, and here's let me tell you what I mean. Um, Timothy was ready to go to the cross and be crucified on it. That's a huge deal. You'll find out that a lot of other people got crucified just like Jesus did. Um, Peter, the one who we referenced again and again, he was crucified upside down, which was really terrible. Um, because he said, I'm not even worthy to be crucified like my Lord and Savior Jesus. So um, almost all of the apostles that we read about die horrific deaths for the cause of Christ. So the truth of the matter, to put this fully in context, is uh, Timothy's decision was, I I will go to the cross and be crucified. And so it didn't really, a, a small part of his flesh didn't matter that much whenever he had sacrificed his whole body already. And that's what the word of God teaches us, that we may be a living sacrifice. You uh, you know, decided that my life is, is I'm not, I don't own me anymore. I'm not, you know, I am crucified with Christ. He, you know, if if he wants me to be, you know, circumcised, whatever that, you know, the circumcision of the heart or, you know, whatever that might mean for you. If that's where you're at, if you're truly crucified with Christ, then a little part of the flesh that's already on the cross, hopefully, it doesn't really make that much difference. So by the time that he gets down to the bottom of that, he's like, I don't care if that's, if if that's what will work, if that will get souls in the kingdom, you know, that's, that's fine. I'm willing to, and, and this will look different to each and every one of us in this building tonight. There are lots of differences. But in the end, if you are at a place where your personal preferences are more important to you than being effectively used in the kingdom, to love others, then we need to, you need to reassess. You need to say, how much of me is on the cross? Where's my heart at in this matter? How do I fully, you know, am I truly sacrificed? Like, am I willing to go to the cross? Because if, if I won't, you know, if, if I won't, you know, be kind to someone, then I'm not crucified with Christ. If I won't love someone else, if I won't forgive, if I if I won't, you know, sacrifice of, my, of myself, then I'm not fully crucified. I'm not, you know, if, if there's any part of me that is stubborn, then he doesn't have all of me.